This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. It is great to be with you this morning. Those who know me best know that I love the outdoors. And uh, I, in fact, this summer I'm celebrating my 40th annual backpack trip to an area in Montana called the Beartooth Mountains with a bunch of old friends that I disciple way back when. And uh, we're all old, but we still go, and it's just a lot of fun. But about, it's probably been 20 years ago, uh, we were on a trip, and we were going up this beautiful canyon. It's called Sierra Creek, with these mountains on both sides just going up in this clear water flowing down that was just full of fish. And the higher we climbed, the more stark the landscape got. And we finally topped this pass at about 11,000 feet. And it was just grassy and nice. And I thought, it's great. We're almost to the pass. We're going to go over, go down to these lakes we're going to go down and stay at and fish. It's going to be great. We got to the top of the pass, and here's what I saw pretty much. is this huge snow field, like a mile in either direction. I'm like, oh, man. Because we're thinking, we got to walk clear around this thing. And we're tired. I'm like, I do not want to do that. So being the genius that I am, I put my pack down, and I, I saw that there was a little kind of a crack going down in an angle in the snow. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go down there a ways without my pack in and see if maybe we could get down that way. Well, so I started down just kicking footholds with my heel. And I didn't know the difference between a snowfield and a glacier in those days. Now I do. <laughs> Glaciers have what's called blue ice, and it's hard as a rock. And you know what happens when you kick your heel into it? Your heel bounces right off. And so I did that, and away I went down this snowfield, and, uh, you know, a little fear at first, and then panic <laughs> as the, I was picking up speed, and the snow began to fly over, and I couldn't see what was going on, and I thought, you know, if I don't get stopped, I'm going to end up in that lake at the bottom of this glacier. It occurred to me, I have got to get stopped. Stories are powerful. They really are. If you really want to communicate, you've got to tell stories. I bet everybody in this room was listening as they told that story. They just connect with us. All of us, including children, want to be told a story. How many times have you heard a kid say, tell me a story? You know, and you tell them the same one a hundred times, and they still want to hear it again. People love stories. All of us love a good story. I have a friend named Marty who's a, uh, he's a big guy, and he's Average looking, he's got a beard, and, and he's uh, monotone. You think I'm monotone. This guy's like, he always talks like this. It's not very fun to listen to him. But you know what? He is in great demand as a speaker all over the country. And you know why? Because he tells great stories. He's the best storyteller I know, one of them. And uh, so he's in demand all over because he tells great stories. Stories have power. I don't know if you thought about it, but stories are everywhere around us. Uh, I remember as a kid, and I tell my wife this all the time, uh, there was this commercial on TV for dog food. It was Dr. Ross dog food. Anybody remember? You can look it up on the internet. But it was this guy holding up a can of dog food saying, he's droning on, this is the best dog food in the world. It has chicken, beef, liver. It's really good for your dog. You should buy this. And it was like boring, but there was a little jingle that went with it, and it went like this. Dr. Ross dog food is doggone good. Woof! See, I still remember that. I still remember that. Uh, so it really wasn't a story. It was boring. But now, how many of you watched the Super Bowl? There was a commercial in the Super Bowl, and they even titled it, 
uh, I've got to turn the page. They titled it Forever. And it's a story of this gal who gets this little puppy. And she nurses this puppy. And then she, the puppy's at her wedding. And then this dog is not a puppy anymore, but it's when the baby's born. And as this kid grows up, this dog's getting older and older with white face and so on. It's a story to advertise dog food. Think about it. We see them everywhere. Advertisements are full of stories. Movies. Who doesn't love a good movie, right? What's a movie but a visual story? We love them. We all like different kinds, but we like stories. Music videos. It's just a song, but they make a story out of it. It's amazing. You know, and Tom mentioned this, stories are big even in world missions. Do you know two-thirds of the world's population either is illiterate or has no Bible? So giving them a written scripture is out of the question. It just isn't ever going to work. So whole ministries have been developed around this idea of sharing the Bible as stories. And isn't it interesting that 70% of the Bible is narrative? It's almost like God knew that we like stories. Almost. Stories are powerful. Um, they're communication tools, and we as believers need to harness their power so that we can live for Jesus in the world with power. So I want to ask this question. Why should we, as believers, use stories to communicate to others? I'm so glad you asked. Let me give you some reasons why we should use stories. First of all, it's simple. It's simple but powerful. I had a friend who was uh, teaching his son uh, Bible stories. He was doing Bible storying with him. He was eight years old. And we'd done it before that, but at the time of this story, he was eight. And uh, so this kid had some background in the scriptures, and they decided to go roller skating one, one day. And so this eight-year-old Christian boy invited his non-Christian friend to go. So they're sitting in the back seat on their way to the skating rink. And this non-Christian kid says to his friend, he says, hey, have you seen that new movie about witches? And this Christian kid goes, no. He says, I don't watch that kind of stuff. And the other kid says, no, no, it's really good. You've got to see it. And this kid says, no, witches are evil. I'm not watching that stuff. And the other kid says, no, it's really good. And all of a sudden, this, kid, this Christian kid just stops. And he starts to tell the story that he had learned of how Saul went to the witch at Endor to seek her wisdom and guidance and how it, basically his life ended the next day. And at the end of that story, this Christian boy just stopped. And the other boy, his eyes were wide, and he goes, wow. He says, witches really are evil. I'm not watching that stuff anymore. You see the power of stories and how simple it is? An eight-year-old kid can tell a good story and have an impact. It's amazing. The second reason I think we ought to use stories as believers is that they are contagious and reproducible. Think about it. What do you remember from pastor's sermons and my sermons, anybody's sermons? The stories. Two weeks ago, Tom taught, how many of you, just raise a hand, how many of you can tell me the main theme of what he talked about? Tom, can you? No. <laughs> but I'll, how many of you remember the story about the wheelbarrow and the employee? Yeah, see, we remember stories is what we remember. So I'm just saying, if you want to communicate, tell stories. I've already told that story several times. It's just, it's a great story. I love telling it. <clears throat> and it's reproducible, it's simple, it's contagious. Another thing about stories is that they're easy to remember. Uh, take, for example, a joke that's got a story in it. It's so easy to remember a joke with a story, and all of us love a good joke, right? All you have to do is learn the storyline and the punchline. You've got to learn the punchline, that's important. And, and, and they get to be really fun. I, in fact, I was going to tell you one right now. 
uh, but I think I'll pass because I might get in trouble with certain people. The kind of jokes I tell are not politically correct sometimes, so I'm sorry for that. But, but anyway, jokes are a form of story. Another reason to tell stories is that stories inspire us. Everybody has a favorite movie or a book that has inspired them, almost everybody. Um, I love the story of Ernest Shackleton, who was an Antarctic explorer in the early 1900s. And I love the story of his ship, the Endeavor, that got stuck in the ice in Antarctica and crushed, and it sank. And these guys are down there on the ice, stranded. And for two years, they survived down there. It's an amazing story. It inspires me as I think about the leadership that Shackleton gave his men. They never gave up hope. They just kept going, and they all survived, every single one of them. It's inspiring. Stories inspire us. How about Easter? Is that not an inspiring story? The story of Jesus and how he went to the cross for us, like Genevieve was saying, and then rose again to conquer death? That's inspiring. I love that story. I love Easter. Can't wait to celebrate next week. Easter. I remember uh, when I was in the fraternity in college, uh, this Christian group on campus asked if they could come and, and do a little testimony time and kind of share the gospel with the guys. It was voluntary, but I didn't have anything else I was doing, so I said, yeah, I'll go. And I remember there was this young farmer there, and he was probably in his 20s, but he had on a pair of uh, overalls and a big, thick beard, and he just stood up there. And I remember him talking about Jesus, this big old farmer. And I was inspired by that. I thought, that took a lot of guts to come into a fraternity uh, dressed like a farmer. He is a farmer. And share the gospel like that. I, that inspired me. Stories always inspire us. Another reason I think that we need to tell stories as believers is that they're easy to listen to. They're not preachy. Telling your story is just telling what's happened to you. I remember uh, we were downtown Seattle. I had taken a young gal who'd been part of our uh, meals ministry here and had come to the Lord and gotten out of drugs and alcohol, and she was clean for like a year. And so we had a chance to go over to the radio station in Seattle and for her to share her story on the radio. It was a neat time. And on the way back, we were walking down the street. It was a sunny morning, uh, early afternoon maybe. We were walking down the street in Seattle, and all of a sudden she grabs my arm. She goes, Dave, look. I go, I look. She goes, no, look at that. I'm like, what? And this this guy there on the curb getting off this little scooter. She goes, that's Macklemore. I go, what's a Macklemore? <laughs> I had no clue. And so she, she leaves me, and she runs over. She goes, are you Macklemore? And he goes, yes. And she goes, wow, I love your music. It is so cool. She says, would you give me an autograph? He goes, yeah, sure. So he signed something for her and gave it to her. She came back. She was on cloud nine. She was literally not touching the ground. And do you, what do you think she talked about the next few days? I met Macklemore. I still don't know who Macklemore is. But to her, it was a big deal. And you know what? That's all that sharing our faith is, is talking about somebody famous that we met. It's just, who wouldn't do that? How many of us have stories about famous people we've met? I met this guy. I saw so-and-so on the chairlift. I saw this guy when I was in Hawaii. He was on the beach. It was Tom Salad. He's fat. No. <laughs> but we all have stories of famous people, you know, that we like to meet or have met. Uh, there's no reason to hesitate telling others about those stories of people we've met. So why not tell the story about Jesus? He's just... Not just, but he is a famous 
person that we've met. So we've looked at the power of story. We've looked at some things about why we should use story because it's a powerful way to communicate. And now I want to talk a little bit about your story. How can you use your story for God's glory? And uh, in a minute I'm going to share my story, but what's your story? Everybody has one. Everybody. I think most believers have a desire for their family and loved ones and friends and coworkers to know Jesus, right? I think all of us would say, yeah, I want them to know what I know. I want them to talk about, like Genevieve has, the family of God and the joy of knowing Jesus and the things that he helps us with. I want them to know, but there seems to be this fear of what we in the church have called soul winning, right? Or sharing Christ or witnessing. All those things, those words we use that kind of like conjure up fear in us because we go, that scares me. Um, but we don't need to be fearful because learning to tell your story effectively can overcome that fear. It's just your story. Everyone has a story to tell. You have a story, and you have a story, and I have a story. Every one of us has a story to tell. They're all different. They're unique. People love to tell stories. And you know what else? They love to hear stories. And this is encouraging. People love to hear stories. Last week, I was out in the lobby after Mario spoke, and a group of us were just standing around talking, and somehow the topic got onto toilet paper stories. And uh, people were telling their various experiences with toilet paper. And I shared how years ago I was uh, setting up a big conference for about 700 people. And I was in this big hotel, had my three-piece suit on with my tie, and I was feeling pretty good about myself. And uh, we're getting close to the time when we were supposed to meet. And I thought, you know, I probably should use a restroom before we meet. So I went and used a restroom. And I came back out, and I was just going to sit in the lobby and, and wait. So I walked across the lobby, and I turned around to sit down. And here was this trail of toilet paper all the way across the lobby, all the way to the bathroom. And you know, as I shared that story, like you had some people chuckling, but the thing that was cool about it was I was connecting with other people who had toilet paper stories, right? <laughs> so there's something about a story we go, I can relate to that. I grew up in Rathnam, Idaho. Anybody else? See, if you grew up where I did, we have something in common. Stories give us a commonality that allows us to build a bridge for a relationship, and that's powerful. Um, so afterwards, if you guys want to go out in the lobby, we can talk about your toilet paper stories, and we'll, we'll feel connected, okay? Telling your story connects you with other people, because there's always something in common. You like fishing, you like hunting, you grew up, you're born in Virginia, you know, whatever it might be that connects you with other people. Think about it now. All of us have a story, every one of us. Our life is our story. And the events in our lives are like chapters in that story that we can tell about. Every single story in this room, for example, is unique and online, is unique, it's worth telling, and it can have an impact on other people. Your story can have an impact on other people. Your story, by the way, I might say this, is the most powerful tool you have for sharing Jesus with other people. I want to say that again. Your story, your story, is the most powerful tool you have in sharing Jesus with other people. In fact, uh, others have developed this, but your story is part of a bigger three-story strategy in sharing Christ with other people. So you've got God's story, the Bible. You've got your story that connects with his story. 
And then you've got others' stories, their story that you can connect with. So you're building bridges with people so that you can build a bridge between them and God and His story. It's an amazing way to share the gospel just with story. Um, and all you have to know is your story, which I hope you know your story, and a little bit about God's story, and learn how to ask questions and draw people out so you can learn a little bit about their story, so you can connect them with his story. Let me give you an example of that. There's a, a friend here at the church who, ha like me, has kind of a messed up family background, and uh, she happens to know the Lord, but let's say she didn't. If, if I were to talk to her, just the fact that we have these messed up families builds a bridge, and we can talk about what happened in our families. And I can talk to her about how Jesus has helped me with those things, how he has changed me and helped me overcome the pain and the hurt and the scars from that family background. And it connects with her, and it allows us to build a relationship and allows me then to connect her with God's story. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me and what he can do for you. It's a powerful, powerful tool. So bridging from my story to another's story, then to God's story, is just a simple, amazingly effective communication tool. So I want to ask this question. How does a person develop and learn to effectively tell their story? Maybe you're asking that. How can I tell my story more effectively? And I want to give you just some basic tips on this, okay? First of all, I would say start with the crux, the climax, the high point of your relationship with Christ. How did you meet Jesus? What happened? And focus on that, and then build around that. And you, your story then from that should develop into three parts. And it's really simple. Uh, before the turning point, what was my, like, my life like before I was a believer? And you can talk about things like I worried, I was unhappy, I was insecure, whatever it was. Uh, and then you talk about the turning point. What happened in your life? How did you come to faith in Christ? What was it that made you turn? And then the third part is after the turning point. How has Jesus changed your life? What impact has he made in your life? I like to think of it like Montana. Montana has three seasons. Did you know that? Pre-winter, winter, and post-winter. And you're always preparing for the next one. So think of your testimony that way, your story. It's pre-meeting Jesus, how you met him, and then what's happened since. It's very simple. Anybody can do this. So let me tell you a short version of my story as an example of what I'm talking about. Um, and you should be able to tell your story in 30 seconds, which I can, but that would really bore you. So I'm going to use a little bit longer version. It's something like four minutes. Um, and I can also tell it in 30, where I really get into the details. Um, depends on the situation. So if you develop your story where you can tell it in different lengths, you can talk to somebody on the bus or the elevator, or you can talk to somebody in the lobby, or you can sit down and have coffee and talk for a long time. Okay. So let me share my story. I grew up in a really messed up home. My mom uh, left an abusive alcoholic father when she was 13 and ran away. And by 14, she was married and had her first child. She never did really learn how to be a mom. Um, during my growing up years, we had, I had four different fathers, stepfathers. 
And uh, she actually was married five times and had numerous boyfriends after that. I think my mom was just looking for a place to be happy. And that was what was going on in her mind and her, her life. So when I was a junior in high school in this messed up home, I came home from school and I started up the stairs and I heard this loud bang. And I ran up the stairs and there's my brother lying on his bed with a hole in his stomach. He had shot himself in the stomach with a deer rifle. And uh, I'm so thankful that I was able to get him to the hospital, and he did survive. In fact, I'm going to meet him later this month. So that was a good thing. But that tells you something about what our home was like. It was just not a great place. Um, I wanted to get away from that mess that was our home, and so I worked really hard in school so that I could go to college and get above what we were living in. And so I was in college, and I was doing well in chemical engineering, but you know what? There was something missing. I knew I was looking for something. I just didn't know what it was. I tried different things. I was in a fraternity. I tried all the things that fraternity guys do, and I just felt empty. I, I just didn't know where to turn. And then one night, I, uh, I was studying chemical engineering. I went downstairs into our fraternity kitchen, and I was getting a cup of tea. Well, my friend Tim, who'd been my roommate my first semester at the fraternity, was there. He was also an engineering student. And he was there getting a cup of tea as well. So he was studying civil engineering. And uh, he was singing and laughing and joking around. And I said, Tim, how can you be so happy at 1 o'clock in the morning? He goes, well, he says, I've got a friend that helps me with everything I do. And I thought, he knows a professor. <laughs> and so I said, who? He said, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, that was not what I expected to hear. And... <laughs> I kind of made fun of him. I said, you know what, Tim? <laughs> I don't know if anybody told you, but he died like 2,000 years ago. And I just made fun of him and went off and finished my studies and went to bed. But his comment made me think, why would he tell me that Jesus was his friend? That didn't make any sense to me. So I started asking him questions. And it wasn't too long later that Tim invited me to a movie at a local church. And in this movie, there was a young woman about my age at that time who was searching and I, I could relate to her. She was asking questions. She was meeting with this pastor of this local church, and she, they were talking, and he said, you know what? He said, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins, and he offers that to you as a free gift, and all you have to do is receive it. And then he said this, and it really hit me. He said, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose by trusting Christ. And I was sitting in my seat mentally thinking about that's true. On one hand, I'm holding on to these things that a fraternity guy does, this and this and this. On the other hand, I've got eternal life, forgiveness of sins, a relationship with an eternal God, get to live in heaven forever. I'm like, which one do I want? I went, yeah. <laughs> so sitting there in that chair, I thought, that's what I want. And I made the decision to give my life to Jesus. And so uh, I went forward at the end of that movie. Uh, the pastor invited people up who wanted to trust Christ, and I gave my life to Christ. It was an amazing emotional experience for me. And I know that's not true for everyone, but for me, it was. And immediately, I felt like there was this huge weight taken off my back, like 100 pounds of bricks. I just felt light, like something was taken away from me. And as the days and weeks went by, things changed. I noticed I stopped swearing. If you had known me before, you wouldn't want to be around me. I had the foulest mouth of anybody I've ever met. It was awful. And I never tried to quit swearing. He just took it like that. Other things have taken more time. I, I began to experience this sense of joy that I'd never known before. 
I quit worrying about everything. I just began to just trust Jesus with all of those things. He began to give me a peace that I'd never known before. In fact, it was just a few months later that I learned that my mother had committed suicide. And it was hard. As a 19-year-old kid, it was hard. But the Lord got me through that, and he was with me every step of the way. Um, later, much later, five years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And the same thing. I just had this overwhelming sense of peace. It just didn't worry me at all because I knew where I'm going for eternity. The peace that I have is unbelievable. Just four years ago, an interesting part of my story, I learned that my dad is not my dad. I did some DNA testing and found out that I'm not German. I'm Irish. And that my mom met this guy in the Air Force in Montana, and, uh, well, here I am. And I have seven Irish Catholic siblings living on Long Island, New York. And uh, it took some, some processing to get through all that. But you know what? It's turned out to be a great blessing. And I'm so grateful to the Lord. Um, it's changed some things, but it's been a blessing. So my life uh, since receiving Christ has not been all easy. There's been some hard times. But I can say that the presence of Christ in my life has made it so much better. Accepting Jesus' free gift was the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well... So, I could just leave now, or do you want to hear the end of the backpacking story? Yeah. You do? Funny how stories are that way. Uh, so, I'm sliding down this thing, and I'm thinking, if I don't get stopped, I'm going to end up in that lake, and I'm going to be dead. And so, somehow, I got flipped over, facing the ice, and I dug in all my fingers to the point where for two weeks, I couldn't feel any of the f my fingertips. I dug my knees in, I dug my toes in. And I finally came to a stop about 30 feet from the edge where it dropped off into that lake. It was a close call, and I'll never forget it. But you know what? It's part of my story. And I'm so glad that that was part of my story. I'm glad I didn't go in the lake, too. May I encourage you this morning, go tell your story. People need to hear your story. Not only that, they want to hear your story. So I encourage you, go Tell your story. Tell it in your family. Tell it where you work. Tell it at your athletic club. Just tell your story. People want to hear it. I encourage you to do that. And uh, just as a closing thought, I have a little worksheet that if, if you want to get it, you can. Just use our magic number. Text in church, 360-209-8040. Just text in the word story. And uh, you'll get that little, it's just a one-sheet thing on how to write and share your story. I hope that's encouraging to you. Can I pray for you? Yeah, Lord, thank you so much that your story now is part of my story and part of everyone's story who's uh, accepted you as their Savior. I pray if there's any in this group this morning or anyone in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, that they would realize that you died for them and they just need to receive that free gift. Help us, Lord, to be good storytellers, to tell good stories, especially our story and your story, so that we can connect others with you. We give it all to you. We thank you for what you're doing and what you will do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And how I long 
Say, worthy is the Lamb. 